Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. I remember, I feel like I might offend some people if I say this, but hey, what's new? Um, so I've been here for a day. I've been here for a day and I went for a walk on the beach and I said to God, I feel like I'm in Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm not bringing my kids here. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we talk. Okay. We have a two-way dialogue. And God spoke to me straight away. Straight away. He said, you are in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's why I need my people here. Fitness and wellness expert, naturopath, and adventure enthusiast, Wendy Pett. And my husband, Todd Isburner. He's a fundraising guru, men's mentor, and Bible scholar. And as a couple, we're going to share riveting breakthrough stories from our guests who've experienced the meaning of a changed life. Our hope is that you will be inspired, equipped, and entertained along your own life journey. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to your biggest breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. Yeah, and I'm Todd Isburner. We are excited about today's podcast. Got a great guest lined up. You are going to love what you're about to hear. Oh my goodness, yes. And this is like the perfect time of year when a lot of people are making plans for the upcoming year. They're setting goals and they really are wanting to work to see their their dreams come true. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, that's that's all cool. Very good thing. But here's the reality. There's there's just a lot of stuff that's going on in people's lives right now. And mm-hmm. what happens if I've got like this this life that seems to be broken to pieces and I'm feeling hopeless and I really don't think I've got that much to look forward to and I certainly don't have anything to offer? Well, you know, I'm probably going to say this, but first, it really starts with a mindset shift, right? And asking yourself hard questions about what you really believe, really getting honest with yourself. Yeah, absolutely true, Wendy. I mean, you're right. Uh, and when you start to believe that God can use you and your gifts and the talents that is given to you, then you're able to move forward even when things don't make sense and there's like no plan. Right, right. Just like Emma did. And that is who our guest is today, Emma Mullings. She made a decision to believe that God loves her and would lead her by his Holy Spirit. So she surrendered she surrendered her life and the Holy Spirit took it from there. And that's what we all need to do is just surrender. But she has a real heart for uh, people to um, just to see their healing and, and see them walk through all that um, they need to do to become healed and so that they can also rise up to be all that they were created to be. Yeah, become all that they were created to be, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is exactly what she's doing. We're going to hear more of those stories. But I mean, get this, Emma's a minister. Yes. She's a media personality. She's a music artist. And I'm not just talking about like some music artist on a guitar over here in the corner singing. I mean, she's had like two number one songs. I know. They're really (laughs) good. And a bunch of other accolades. We could go on and on. But here's the really cool thing and the most important thing. She is a mom of four, which takes a lot of commitment and work. But she and her husband, Terrence, an incredibly inspiring guy, have relocated to the U.S. from Australia, and uh, they have planted a history maker's church. I mean, just sort of mind-blowing stuff that went through uh, their lives in the last year or so. And just 
Emma, come on in here. Let's uh, let's talk this through. People are wondering, what? How'd you get all that done? <laughs> come on in. Hello. Welcome to your biggest break. Hi, nice guys. Hi. I was gonna Thank have you for guess. having me. I was yes. going to have them guess where you came from with your accent, but Todd gave it uh, Australia yeah, to yeah. the U.S. <laughs> Well, I didn't say g'day. I should have said g'day, mate. G'day. How are you going? Well, the real key phrase that we're going to hear throughout is no worries. No worries. (laughs) No worries, mate. I say that all the time still. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and heaps. I noticed that I noticed that Americans don't use the heaps. Like, oh, yeah, there was heaps of traffic. They're like, what's heaps? What, is that? what does that mean? Yeah, there are these little <laughs> cultural adjustments for you for certain. Uh, and some people are going to wonder, so so what's the deal and how come she can you know, be so, uh, so full of the um, willingness to surrender and follow the Holy Spirit's lead? Is it because the culture around her said no worries and she, that's just kind of like what they do is no worries? You know, or is there something beyond that? And I think there's something beyond that, Emma. Your faith is very solid and your evidence of surrender is what we're going to talk about today. But somebody's wanting to know, like, okay, so I'm, I'm all in on this. I know I need to surrender. Emma, tell me, what do I do to do this surrender thing? What do I got to do? How do I do that? Uh, that's a big question. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, um, it's a heap of a question. <laughs> it's a heap of a question. So what do I do to surrender? I guess, yeah. you know, we were never created to do this on our own. Um, his word says it's his strength, in his strength. Um, and I guess for me, I tried to do things on my own for so long, so many years and just made the biggest mess of it. And I got to the point where I was like, you know, I'm all yours, God, like whatever you want me to do, I'm all yours. Like I, I, I surrender everything to you. Um, and, and it's for me, like my life journey since that age of 22, when I said that mm. to him, um, has just been a life completely led by the Holy Spirit, completely surrendered to his whispers. Um, because you know what? I, I just did it on my own for so long and I made the biggest mess ever. So, um, so it's, it's not yeah. like there was like a, you know, a, a three-step, five-step process to surrender. <laughs> well, I do. I did hear one step and that is you first have to acknowledge that it's too big for you. You can't do yeah. it on your own. You can't do it on your own. And I think you just need to choose to trust mm. because... Because that's kind of the key and it's scary. It's mm-hmm. it's scary to trust, but I think, you know, his word says his ways are higher than our ways. Mm-hmm. And I've always found it interesting how it uses the word higher. It's like they're not different. They're, they're, they don't say bigger, different, it's higher. It's just such an interesting word. I feel like we're not actually, you know, meant to really understand it all, all his ways. His ways are just higher than our ways. And to truly get that peace that surpasses understanding that we all want, that the Bible talks about peace that's of his peace that surpasses understanding, um, I think we have to give up our right to understand mm-hmm. and we have to just choose to trust. And like, it takes that that childlike faith, right? And I think that that's what you um, emulate so well. And so can we go to that 22 year old and can we tap into that story of, of how you were living and then just the whole trajectory that God had you go on and how your husband uh, played a big part of that. 
Well, I get. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, we've known Emma for a little while, yes, so I know a little have. bit about your story. But the, but it must have been pretty easy for you growing up. I mean, you're a preacher's yeah, kid. Right. You had Still the right Bible training, the- <laughs> right? So so this has like been a really you know smooth road all the way, wasn't it? Wow. Well, you know, I um, I credit you for your gift of sarcasm there. So. <laughs> Which is an Aussie trait. Uh, um, That's where I learned it. So I, yes, you are correct. Um, I am a pastor's kid. And let me backtrack a little bit, but I'm going to try and give you the express version, okay? Otherwise okay. you're going to be here for three hours and you'll probably need to pour yourself a drink. So let me just give you the express version, um, the G-rated version. So I am a pastor's kid. My parents actually planted a church in Australia in the 70s. And my mum was a worship recording artist in Australia. She released six albums She was quite well known and quite a pioneer at that time. You know, she was um, a great preacher of the word. Her and my dad um, really led that church together and really complemented each other just in their styles. And, um, And they had my older sister, Andrea, and she was born severely brain damaged due to a Um, unfortunate just doctor's mistake during her birth keeping in mind at that time they were in you know a country hospital it was the 70s so that kind of thing would never happen today Um, but she actually passed away when she was two just before she was two Mm. and uh, then they had my older brother then they had me the golden child I'm kidding (laughs) Um, and then (laughs) and then they had my little sister now my little sister her name is Melanie and she actually is severely brain damaged. She was born that way, a total different kind of brain damage to my older sister, Andrea. Um, they don't know what happened. They think maybe the umbilical cord got caught around her neck in the womb, but not sure. Um, one night, mum just had a lot of rapid movement and she, um, like, like the baby was in distress and she went into the hospital and, you know, they, they put the heart rate monitor, all that on and and Melanie, um, you know, it was all normal. They did the scheduled what was a scheduled C-section at the time, a week later, and and Melanie, yeah, was severely brain damaged. So she is mm. still alive today. She's um, She can't walk. She can't talk. She's, you know, fed pureed food, adult diapers, the whole thing. Um, and my dad and my stepmom look after her full time. And I say stepmom. So my mom, when Melanie was two, I was four, and my brother was eight. Um, we found out that mom had lower intestinal cancer. She was only 37, so it took them a while to figure out what was going on and she didn't have that many symptoms. So from the day that they found out what it was to the day that she died, it was 12 weeks. So we didn't have long as a family to prepare. You know, the church didn't have long to prepare, but the church stood in faith that she would be healed. And I remember as a young girl seeing um, we had ministers fly from all over the place to come and pray for her, Um, you know, and she believed that she'd be healed. There wasn't even a question in her mind. She even had a mission trip planned for Asia the week after her passing and she she would not let anyone cancel it. No, God's going to heal me. We're going to go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a huge blow. And and even my dad, you know, even after she passed, he he went to the morgue and he prayed that God would raise her from the dead. Like he was he was full of faith. And I think it was um, just such a big blow. Um, so growing up, um, kind of fast forward through that, you know, dad remarried just a couple of years later. Um and I can found I, that. Can I just stop you for a second? Because mm-hmm. when your when your mom passed and you were all believing that God, you know, would heal her, how old were you at the time? 
So mom died when I was four. Four years old. Okay. Mm. So you you had that childlike faith, but a lot of it was too big to really process at that point, right? Mm-hmm. I just I knew I knew God was real, mm-hmm. and I just felt like I was mad at Him because yeah, he didn't come so through. that's what I was going to. That's what yeah. I get asked you. Like when you're five, six, seven, eight, what was going through your mind then? Like your mom is gone, God didn't heal her. Where yeah, where did you go? How did you process that in those growing up years? So I went to a very dark place. <laughs> um, I did not process it well at all. I was very angry at God. And um, and I think in our family, um, you know, dad remarried. They had my little brother, Shane, um, and just nothing was talked about. Now, in saying that, I feel like my parents, I call my stepmom mom, I feel like my parents did the best job they knew how to do. Sure. Um, you know, dad had never done this before he's never had three kids one disabled and his wife (laughs) passed away with 12 weeks um and then remat like you know you don't know what you don't know so I do commend my parents I think they did the best job they knew how to do um but I think that whole process for us as kids um was pretty dysfunctional we you know we weren't no one talked about mom um we were told to call my stepmom mom. We were, had no photos of my mom. Um, that nothing was kept of hers. It was all taken to a secondhand store, like her wedding rings, wedding dress. So, um, and obviously mom, when she died, she really did not think she was going to die. So there was no kind of, you know, notes to us, letters. Um, and so as a young child, I actually used to always have these dreams that mom was actually alive and she was in America. <laughs> this is the mind of a child yeah. trying to process and not processing anything. And that was one day, yeah, one day she just went away because that's what it seemed like. She just went away and, and one day she was going to just walk through the door. And and I honestly thought that till I was probably in my teens. Um, but growing up in, in church, there was kind of a few added layers. And I'll just touch on this because it helps paint a little bit of the picture. So me and my brother were often babysat by a family in our church and, um, the teenage son would abuse us each time. Mm-hmm. So both me and my brother had a lot of pain associated with church mm-hmm. because it's like um, we we know God's real. Both of us knew God was real. None of us ever doubted. Mm-hmm. You know, we were in a spirit-filled church. We saw miracles from a very young age. Like we knew that God was alive and real and he was right there with us the whole time. And I think as a child, even my little sister, you know, I used to um, – share a room with her and I would pray for her healing every single night. And I would just prophesy her healing. You know, I knew God was real. And I think for us processing, we just didn't understand how could God let this happen? Sure. You know, so I think our journey was uh, a little different. Um, And I say our meaning me and my brother, because we've kind of been on the same journey, but, but as a teenager, you know, fast forward as a teenager, I, you know, got caught up in a whole lot of stuff and, and even from, uh, I'd kind of carried these thoughts from a young child as, that I just wanted to be with my mum again. Mm. So I had thoughts of death and dying all the time, so like from the youngest dark, of age. Dark place, Emma. I mean, is mm. that what you're kind of talking about? Yeah, like, I was you, like, I just want to go to, I just want to go be with my mum. Right. So you had She's suicidal not here. thoughts? Or, Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. And not, but not, it was interesting. It was kind of like, um, it was more more just wanting to be that thought of I just want to be with my mom mm-hmm. and my mom's in heaven. 
So I'd just like to go there now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, be, I mean, it, that, that's a great escape, especially at that age. Like, I don't want to have to deal with life as it is. I'd yeah. rather go to be with mom where she is because there aren't any of these worries and stresses and pains, right? And there actually might so. be someone listening right now, Emma, on the, the subject of suicide that maybe have contemplated in the past or or maybe has a child that has contemplated. Um, just is there any kind of just a quick little soundbite that you would um, give someone that is in that place of, I, I just want to make it go away and 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 go to heaven, like, which, and that that's not the answer. Is there any little soundbite of, of how to overcome that? Let me tell you, God is still on the throne. Amen, <laughs> he is still on the throne. He knows the details. God is not scared of your story. He knows the details. He is the God of the details and he already has the solution yes. and he has not disappeared. He's actually right there next to you, cheering you on, telling you he can do this and and he can heal anyone. He, God supernaturally healed me uh, of those dark thoughts and those um, just the the imagination that I had, which was in such a dark place. Like he completely restored me, completely renewed my mind. You know, the Bible talks about the renewing of your mind. It's a process, but hey, if you stay for the process, God can restore everything. Um, And he has 100% restored me. In fact, he's given me double for my trouble. So (laughs) he can do the same for you, I promise. That's a good word. Well, I I love what you said earlier too, that uh, these are the kinds of things that are way beyond us. You could mm-hmm. not heal yourself. You couldn't emotionally get put back together again mm-hmm. apart from God's supernatural love and healing, right? Mm-hmm. And the very fact that you could acknowledge that, I, I'm, I'm guessing just for you, opened up the door for God to go to work so rather than Absolutely. trying to gut it out yourself. You got to give him full access. Yeah. And so got to give him you, full access. Once you gave him that access, that next step uh, of your story, it just is total, like, that's like a full-on pivot of where your life is taken, <laughs> taken off. So yeah, let's, what are let's the details? Uh, you're 22 yeah, years so, old Yeah, so let me fast forward. So I'm yeah. 22. Uh, I was living in Sydney and at the time, which is a, uh, not where I grew up. I'd moved there to study music. I'd, I'd done quite well with music at the time. Um, secular music, as Americans call it, um, <laughs> had no relationship with the good Lord. Um, and you know what? I had no, I, I, tr- listen, my personality, I'm just always, I'll try everything once. Um, and I was living a very wild life involved in all kinds of things, doing all kinds of dodgy things for cash to pay my bills, um, taking all kinds of substances. And I had no hesitation. If I remember even some nights thinking, you know, I might die tonight if I take this, but oh, well, then I get to be with my mom again. So I still had carried that pain into that age of a 22-year-old because even at 22, I still had never processed anything. So I still had that broken little four-year-old girl on the inside of me that was so desperate to be healed. Um, And at 22 years old, so I was working at a radio station in Australia and um, they had this new guy on and they said, you know, can you just take him around in the car? We were like doing like promotions, handing out free stuff. It was kind of like a top 40 station in Australia. And I was not the person I am today. Okay. I had a very large vocabulary of four letter words and I was not, I honestly, when this guy came, he was all sunshine and rainbows. He was like, hallelujah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Rolling like, your eyes. Oh, he's like so positive. And eh. um, anyway, so we're driving around 
in the car and he randomly turns off the radio. This is the day that I met him. He randomly turns off the radio and puts on a worship album. Hmm. Now, of course I knew what worship was. My mum was a worship, very well-known worship recording artist in Australia but worship actually was such a trigger for all my all these unresolved issues and pain and church and all that stuff that sure. I'd suppressed for so many years. And um, I remember saying, you know, I probably manifested a demon. I don't know. I remember saying, I know what this is, like, you know, and and he's like, oh, do you know what this is? It's worship music. <laughs> anyway, so we had a, a very colourful conversation. Poor guy. I, I probably traumatised him. Um uh, and yeah, he found out I was a pastor's kid and, um, he actually had knew who my mom was. He'd been in church oh. life, his church, his whole life. And, and he started inviting me to his church. Uh, and he invited me for three months. He would call text offer to pick me up. Wow. Uh, and I'd most of the time ignore his messages. Sometimes I'd say, yeah, I'll meet you there with no intention to go. <laughs> I was not the person I am today. Okay. That's very irresponsible. <laughs> Um, That's her disclaimer. And we did it. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Totally good. So um, I just remember one night, uh, sorry, morning, church was at 12 then. I remember one morning waking up, seeing that familiar text and thinking, okay, I'm just going to go check it out. Remember and you I said went. You try everything, you know, one time. Exactly. <laughs> one time. I'll give you one chance. Um, and I went and I remember standing at the back and And I had such a conflict within myself because I knew the presence of God from when I was a little girl and the presence of God was in that place. Mm. And it was that feeling of safety, security, of like being home. Um, And I'd already always associated that with when my mum was alive. And so I had this big conflict. I'm like, oh, my gosh, maybe it's the presence of God that I've missed this whole time. Um, But then, you know, I had so many thoughts and feelings about church and and so you know I just stayed at the back and then you know left before you know they do the altar call at the end and they're like would anyone like to give their life to Christ and you feel like the whole room just looks at you at the back (laughs) and I'm like see ya peace out so I left um but I went for a few weeks in a row um because I just I had that longing in my heart for the presence of God. And I knew the presence of God was there. And I remember that I think the third week they were talking about um, at another campus that they were having this ex mafia boss from America come. And I was like an ex mafia boss, finally someone I can relate to. Like <laughs> finally someone with some life experience. That, that's actually, that was what I thought at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so I went by myself to this meeting um, and you know what? I just had to hear his story to actually even comprehend that God could restore everything, not just the stuff that had happened to me, but the stuff that I had done. I had to hear his testimony and I was just awakened to the 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 option that, oh my gosh, I think God can actually heal me. I think I actually don't have to live like this anymore. Um, and, you know, they gave that opportunity at the end of the service for anyone who would like to receive Christ. And I ran down there. I was all in. I just, I just became, it's like the scales were gone from my eyes. I became very aware of how highly dysfunctional I was as a human being, which I was. Um, and also that God could heal me. He could totally heal me. And I remember just, I just remember lifting my hands to heaven and saying, God, whatever you want me to do for the rest of my life, I am yours. Mm. Um, and you know, I went through a radical transformation. I I mean, I won't go through all the details because I know we wish we don't have that much time, but that night they were talking about their Bible college. They had a Bible college there. 
And I remember, okay, so that first week I moved out of the house I was living in, which was a good thing. Um, I uh, left the job that I was working. Um, I, I just made a lot of radical changes. And for me, and obviously don't, don't freak out if you're watching this and thinking, oh, he's going to take all my friends away. No, for me, I was in such an unhealthy place. Um, I, I personally needed that. It was the best thing ever. And I remember just a couple of weeks later, I just could not shake this feeling that God was the Bible college. They kept talking about Bible college. And I'm like, I feel like God's telling me to go to Bible college. I'm like, what? I'm just trying not to swear. Like, can we just start at the beginning of this Christian journey? Like, I'm trying to limit my four-letter words. And you said you're all in. Here we go. It's it's (laughs) like you're telling me to go to Bible college? Like, huh? Anyway, listen, through a, a turn of events, basically, I met the Lord April 2004, I started Bible college in the July mid-year intake in Australia in July 2004, and um, it completely changed my life. I started going to, they had free counseling, praise the Lord, because I needed it. Um, (laughs) For the students, I started counseling every week, um, and I just needed, this is say I was a high needs case. I needed to be in the presence of God every day under great teaching and in worship, and just, um, God just did an immense, Mm. miraculous healing in me. And, you know, it was a process. The Bible talks about the renewing of your mind. But I think, honestly, over the next year, God just completely restored everything that had been lost. And I, I was a, literally, I know I know we talk about it, it makes a new creation, but I was a new creation. You were a um, butterfly. <laughs> yeah, he was, he yeah. just did his thing as only God could do. Well, you know, it's, one of the things that stands out is you mentioned that when you were you know, about to go to the altar call because God was really working on you, that there was this this deep awareness within you about mm. just how dysfunctional of a person you were. Oh, the, you know, with the. You're glad he didn't meet me back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, but here's here's the reality: every one of us have a yes. level of dysfunction yeah. until we come to Christ, because we're sinners. We're natural yeah. born sinners. Yeah. And for you who are listening and think, well, I've never been through what Emma's been going through. You're still dysfunctional. Functional to some degree <laughs> until and if you don't think you're dysfunctional, that's your dysfunction. <laughs> so, so it's so refreshing to know, no matter where you are at your level of dysfunction, God's arms are wide open. Yeah. There is hope for you to be restored, to be healed, and to be brought to full completion. Amen. Love that about you. Amen. Story. And one of the things I love too, Emma, is that. The Lord got a hold of you actually at a young age. 22 is young for a lot of people that are, are you know, have finally yeah. come to Christ, right? So thank God he got a hold of you um, at that age or who knows where your life could have turned out. Mm. But um, I love also just the visual of you running up to the altar. Like that, that's like prodigal child right there, you know, just yeah. running. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and God just saying, here I am. Baby girl, well, there's you two, know, here there, I am, princess. Yeah. Let me just wrap nah, my arms around you and and love you where you are. Yeah. And that's what he's done with you. And yeah. and um, he has blessed you. Um, he has shown you how good, how merciful, how just restorative his his love is. Um, and so one of the 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 things that I get a kick out of is is this gentleman that. Um, <laughs> Oh yes, I didn't tell you who he was. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. There's there's two visuals that come to mind: you running to the altar call, but before that, this guy running after you, spiritually speaking, uh, (laughs) to pursue you, and just God using him. Really, God was in pursuit through him. So tell us about that. Yeah, 
So um, basically I ended up marrying him. <laughs> it is now my husband. How could you now, resist? Yes, his name is Terence Mullings. He is amazing. He's just such a God seeker and yeah, it's. I mean, we we didn't get married for five years, guys. I had to sort myself out, like you know. I hear you. Um, <laughs> it took a little he while. Patient. He was very patient. Honestly, he just he was waiting on the sidelines the whole time. And um, yeah, let's just say my dad loves him. He gets more money for Christmas than I do, like for our <laughs> birthdays and Christmas. My dad would give, and my mom, they they they, they give him like one hundred and fifty dollars for his birthday. Uh-huh. Yeah, they give me seventy. Just <laughs> so you know. He's forever the golden child that brought back their wild daughter that they thought they'd completely lost forever. Oh, so beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> he is, though. I, I mean, Terrence But he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's irresistible. He's you guys are, kind of yeah, and you guys are a great couple. Yeah. You're a great family. Yeah. You have four beautiful children. Yes. And yeah. and I I love how God has not only restored you as an individual, but um, collectively as a family mm-hmm. have, have yeah. brought you into this um, just beautiful place trusting his prompting um, mm. and that's to leave Australia and come to the U.S. to plant a church and that's like mind-blowing for me because you know we get so nice and cozy in our yeah. little surroundings yeah. to just yeah. up and leave so tell us about that if you can for just a moment like how did that come about did you get the word on that did you get the divine download or did Terrence or you guys together how that yeah. came about? so basically um so in Australia post that miraculous journey at 22 a couple of years later God started talking to me about working in media and again as Todd touched on in the beginning like my whole journey has been very spirit-led um that wasn't my particular desire I was very involved in the music industry at the time and I just kept getting these prophetic words God wants to use you in tv and I I went I was like God you need to show me from from your word and he me to that scripture in Matthew that says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Mm. Therefore be as shrewd as snake and as innocent as doves. And the truth is we are called to be light in the darkness, not hide in the light from the darkness. Mm. And at that point I was... Can you repeat that real quick, Emma? Yes. That's a word for someone to hear right now. Come on. We are called to be light in the darkness, not hide in the light from Mm. the darkness. Amen. Amen. And at that point I was 100% restored, renewed and and I was hiding in the light from the darkness. And God's like, no, this I'm sending you out. And God just miraculously opened door after door. I went back and studied journalism and 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 in t- television and radio. Um, God just did his thing. And, and I became very involved also in church um, in a whole heap of different areas. And so basically my career was going well. Church was going well. And um, Terrence, we'd been asked to uh, do a campus. My dad was looking at, at retiring his from his church and was, you know, seeing if we'd be interested in moving up there and taking that over. There were a lot of wonderful options on the table, um, all that, all things that would enable me to continue with my job that I loved and still serve at a high capacity in church, which I had been. Um, and Terence went on a 40-day fast. And after this fast, as to kind of the direction, which way to go, we were also deliberating whether to have a third baby at the time. That was also on the fasting list. Anyway, we ended up with four. That's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> no, they're not twins. They're not no, twins. They're, they're a year apart, praise the Lord. Um, wow. So Terrence comes back after this 40-day fast and he's like, it's Miami. And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm <Wow>. sorry, what? <laughs> that wasn't on the list. Remember we talked about the list. Um, and God, and, you know, I mean, 
he needs to explain it himself. But God, he was born in Australia. His parents are Jamaican. So they then moved back to Jamaica for a few years and they moved to Miami for a few years and then back to Australia. So he was nine when he went back to Australia. So when you talk to him, like he's as Aussie as they come. Um, but he's, those few years that he lived in South Florida, God really gave him a heart for the people. And God really spoke to him out of the story of Moses where he says, I'm sending you back. Um, and he knew that God was saying, I'm sending you back to South Florida. Um, and you know, there's a whole lot of layers to that, but I'll have to let him explain that at another time. But, um, he just knew that God was saying, it's Miami. This is, this is the people, this is the place. Um, this is where I've called you guys to, and and for a whole lot of different reasons. And it all sounded amazing, but I'm like, um, I need to put my feet on the ground and hear from God myself. Cause I've, I, I had traveled a lot at that point, but I'd never even been to South Florida. Um, and so, and it had never been a dream to move to America or anything like that. So we came in 2015, we had two kids at the time. And I remember, I feel like I might offend some people if I say this, but hey, what's new? Um, so I've been <laughs> here for a day. I've been here for a day and I went for a walk on the beach and I said to God, I feel like I'm in Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm not bringing my kids here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's how we talk. Okay. We have a two-way dialogue. And God spoke to me straight away. Uh-huh. Straight away, he said, you are in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's mm. why I need my people here. Mm. And I felt like, and for me to say that to him, it was because even in those first two days, I felt like he he supernaturally gave me his heart for this city. I felt the weight of this city, the needs of this city. And when you look at the city um, and, the, and the stats, you know, 200 kids go into foster care each month. It's got a 50% divorce rate. There's more abortion clinics here than Starbucks. Um, the mm. sex industry is ripe here. There's, um, you know, one of the highest cities for sex trafficking in the US. Uh, all of these areas, which I feel called to bring change to, um, and I'm not scared to do that because <laughs> I'm like, this is what I know this is what I'm called to do, um, to be light in the darkness. And and the truth is it's like when you've been in some of these situations, you can go and, and, and you can minister to people from a Have different compassion. perspective. Yeah. You can walk them through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, I just I just knew this was where God was calling us for a whole lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, and we went back to Australia and, you know, it was a journey. It was, that was 2015. We didn't leave till last year, 2019. And we had two more kids, um, beautiful surprises from the Lord. Um, <laughs> and um, we've had to remain flexible. And, you know, it was a big um, investment on our part. We weren't funded by a church as such. We were sent um, with, you know, they use the word sending, which is wonderful. They send you with their blessing and their prayer. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you're moving a family of six to another country and you're starting a church, which takes finances. So we chose to put our, we've been saving for a house for 11 years. Mm. Um, and we felt, I, I actually, it was me initially. Um, I really felt that God said, if you build my house, I'll get you a house. Don't worry. Mm. (laughs) So Mm. we put our home deposit into this and we're like, we're going, we know God's called called us to do this. And we came over and our littlest was only seven months. Um, and it's been a wild ride. It's been bumpy to be honest. Uh, hello COVID wasn't exactly in like the church planting manual. Um, (laughs) but even when we arrived, we'd been here six weeks and Terrence's mum passed away just out of the blue back in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, yeah, there's been a lot of um, bumps, shall we say. Um, But I remember just before we left I'd written this song called Skinny Roads, which I know you guys have heard. Um, Great song. We're going to play it for you guys uh, listening here. Yes. So that song was all about the journey to church plant because God, I knew God was calling us to this skinny road. It wasn't the wide, easy road that everyone else was on, that I'm like looking at all my friends. I'm like, hey, that looks yeah. like a smooth ride. Right. Um, it was like this skinny, bumpy road, but God, it's like I, I just saw Jesus at the end cheering us on, saying mm. you can do it. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, that, here we are. That, so that is so key for those who are listening and they're they're feeling a nudge right? They're mm. thinking God is talking to them about making a change in their life and calling yes. them to do something and to be something different than where they are. Or they're, or they're saying, is that really you, God, talking to me? Yeah, right. that-, <laughs> yeah, that, can't, that can't be God because I don't, I don't get it. it. Really, is it really for me? So there, there's fear that stands in the way oftentimes, yeah. a- along with not having enough of the big picture to know what am I really getting into. Mm-hmm. So Talk to that person who just doesn't know how to take that next step because there's so yeah. many unknowns yeah. and so much fear. And is this really God? Yeah. And and now Emma says it's not going to be all smooth. It'll be a bumpy ride. Am I really in for that? Right? You I'm are. Sure. That's what you were called to do. Mm. Who wants mm. Who wants a boring life? Come on. So <laughs> you mentioned fear. You mentioned fear. Okay. So let me just touch on that because there's two kinds of fear. There's the fear that you know is is telling us that this is you know not right. And God's given us that to help us, you know, cope with life and different situations. And then there's the other fear, which is a lie from the devil to stop you from fulfilling the call and purpose on your life. And most people are dealing with this fear. Okay. Um, And for me, it's kind of, I kind of picture it like an ocean wave and you just dive through it. You and you got a big wave coming, and you're in the ocean. Come on, I, yeah, you guys, I know analogy. you guys would like the ocean. You just <laughs> dive through the middle of it because mm. you feel the fear. It's just a feeling, yeah. you know. Feelings come and go. They're like ocean waves. We can't make decisions based on feelings, and it's just a feeling. You just feel the fear. You do it anyway. You dive through it because at the end of the day, um, and and it's so much better on the other side. Trust me. <laughs> but it. at the yes. end of the day, God has called you and when he knit you together in your mother's womb he had that purpose that call that destiny that he placed on your life and and it's I kind of think of it like a a big puzzle you know we're all parts of the puzzle and and each is joined to the other so even if one piece is missing the picture is not complete so if you do not fulfill the call and the purpose on your life the picture is not complete there are other people relying on you to fulfill the call and purpose and destiny that God placed on your life and and it's so worth it and i tell you what the devil will try and scare you with all kinds of different things most of them i reckon 99% of the time that they, they never happen yeah. let's be honest and I guess for me, I think, you know, I am a bit of a realist. So Terrence will tell you that. He's like, he's like super positive, 100%. The world could be crumbling and he'd be like, it's fine. <laughs> I'll be like, where are the children? Yeah. Um, we do balance <laughs> each other. But I always think, okay, worst case scenario, if the worst case scenario happened, which rarely does, yeah, okay, mm. that's okay. It's really actually not that bad. Like I'm still alive. That's really a good word. And and I think you're right. Most people are always picturing that worst case scenario that never even happens or is ever going to happen. And it keeps them just paralyzed. Uh, The truth is the answer. If you don't ask or try, the answer is already no. Exactly. It's no by default. So 
at least knock on the door or ask the question or jump through that wave and just yeah. see. It might be a yes because it's already no if you don't even try. That's good. so good. That's but good. listen, you've earned the right to say that because when I think about it, I mean, seriously, your your lives were in a pretty good place back mm-hmm. in Australia. I mean, you guys, in, in many ways, were literally celebrities in Australia. You had nothing but, you know, green lights all ahead of you mm-hmm. in terms of your careers and your callings. And the very fact yeah. that you would stop long enough to say, but God, we really want to take the pathway that leads to where you have intended us to be. Yeah. Yeah. That skinny road is going to get us there. I, mean, I think that's courage. such a great word of encouragement mm-hmm. to those of us who maybe get a little bit too comfortable in the place we're in and mm. don't, don't really give God enough of an opportunity to speak to us, to begin yeah. to make some changes and trust him. And he gets yeah, the glory I- for all of it. Amen. Amen. And I think sometimes when, when you do hear that whisper from God and sometimes being just living a life led by the Holy Spirit can sometimes be a little countercultural, counterintuitive because it's, yeah, like you said, you feel safe here. Um, but, hey, at the end of our days, we stand before our King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and he's going to say, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? This is what yes. I had planned out for you. What did you do with that? And you want to stand before him and know that you fulfill the call and the purpose on your life because that is where the deep contentment and peace that surpasses understanding will come from. That is that is where that will come from. And, and yes. It's that know. well done, good and faithful service. Yes. We want to hear. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just think about yeah. how, you know, with everything that's gone on in your life, it's like it, it rarely makes sense when, when God is involved, right? Yeah, like it doesn't, you, you can't really, it doesn't make sense most of the time. And it's, it's kind of one of those, you can't make this up. Like God is totally in this and he gets the glory and that's why it doesn't make sense. We couldn't have put it together ourselves. Yeah. And um, I see that in your life. I see that how God has healed you and how he's using you to uh, minister to mm-hmm. other um, women that have been through some tough stuff, just like you have. And yeah, I, uh, I love that about you because you're authentic, you're real, you're not trying to be some Pollyanna, whatever. You're just like, this is, this is what happened and this is who I am and I'm not perfect, but, but I'm, I'm willing to let yeah. God use me and take me down the skinny, bumpy road. And, um, and it's a beautiful song that we're going to play here today um, in just a moment. But um, I just think that it, it's, it's, it's the don't just... Um, I think it's, it's just dive, dive into that wave. Like, like yeah. I said, I think that's the perfect analogy, mm-hmm. dive into that wave. And so I thank you for, for heeding to the Yeah, call. and we're going we're gonna to come down and visit you and watch you and Terrence dive into the waves so that we yes. can be inspired. <laughs> come on. Yeah. History makers church, baby. History makers dot church. There's my plug. And, and listen, exactly. in, we're going to load things up in the show notes so you can get over you know, her songs and uh, where their church is and how to follow them on Facebook and Instagram because yeah. they're big in social media. And is that website but, history church, uh, makers church church. dot com? History makers dot church. Ah, history will just redirect you there. So okay, yeah. we've got all bases covered. And before we let you go, uh, so a lot of people who, who have known you kind of feel like they really know you, but there might be something that a lot of people don't know about you. What's the one thing that <laughs> oh, you could share with ooh, us? Your little that, secret. Well, I didn't realize that about Emma. <laughs> Is there one thing that um, would maybe surprise us a little bit? Gosh. I mean, I have shared a lot of, um, I kind of gave you like a snippet of my story. I think when people hear my whole story, they're always a little surprised um, because, 
God's obviously done a massive miracle in my world. I'm trying to think of, I don't, I can't think of anything because I do share um, in different contexts. I do share my whole story. I don't know. What's something? Well, be, I'm is it like a, an I, interesting little hobby? Sorry, honey. No, I was, I was, I, I was going to say that um, one of the things that probably surprises me just because of your personality is. I, oh, I, I know what you're going to say. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm an introvert. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. That I am 100%. I know. I know. My husband is um, not an introvert by any means. And I'm, I, and, and I work obviously in a very public, right. I'm always doing public things, but yeah. the truth is sometimes I am very much an introvert and I need to, and we have four kids and there's just a lot of, I'm just overstimulated all the time. And sometimes I just need to come and sit in a quiet room and, and just have no music Nothing, just like silence, <laughs> and that's how I decompress. I often try to go for walks on my own, but the kids just follow me. Like yeah. I'm walking up the street, thinking, in the bathroom. I'm thinking that I've escaped, and then I and then I hear this, "Mom, mom!" and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like little ducklings. I'm like, "Oh, everyone's coming on the walk." Okay, everyone's coming on the. <laughs> I am cute. actually a total introvert. I when I'm in the car, I just like silence. I don't need to have conversation. Mm. Um, and, and Terrence yeah. has learned. Terrence has learned to respect your need for privacy, even though there are times he's got to hold himself down because he wants to bust through the doors. Hey, babe, let's go do this. Do you know what that man just has? Sound, music, yeah. messages, podcasts. Yeah. Like twenty, he'll wake up and boom. I'm like Teddy Jakes is yelling in my bedroom. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like six thirty in the morning. Like it is nice to early for this. We'll be driving, and he now has he now knows to like put his headphones on because very respectful. I just can't listen to the fifth sermon of the day. Like you realize, of course, we're gonna. You realize, of course, we're gonna have him on the podcast to hear his whole side of the story, right? That you that can do that. You can you can do Most that. Of. He'll tell you lots of stories. Oh, that's so good. Well, you're so awesome, Emma. Thank yeah. you for taking the time. Thank you for blessing uh, the listeners with your story, and thank you for for again heeding to the call that God has yeah. on your life because yeah. you're making a huge difference. You alone, and you and Terrence together. And so, bless you, my dear friend. And um, we are going to kind of uh, sign off here, but we're going to play your um, Skinny Road video and song and uh, let the audience hear how awesome it is and bless them with your music. So thank, thank you, you for your so time. much. Hey, by the way, I'll give you a little secret. Okay, good. <laughs> I have a new single coming out next year. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. A little something way? I've been working on just to keep me sane during this church planting journey. Songwriting is like therapy to me. So so where can we kind of get more information about that? I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's going to be released at the end of January. It's called, this okay. is freedom. And is it's freedom. a, just a declaration over, it was written just a few months ago. Um, a declaration over 2020 because there's been a whole lot going on. And I think for the people in America, especially a whole lot going on um and it's just yeah i just wanted to declare that there is freedom in jesus christ like he Mm. is still on the throne and um yeah it's just just a really fun song so that's coming as well can't wait to hear it well we will make sure to update the show notes and put that in there once it is released so thank you so much for sharing with us yeah big hugs to you you and to terrence and uh hope we get to see you soon yeah thanks guys bye gosh he's so great you know, oh my it, goodness. it is the simple childlike faith uh, wrapped up in her with her awareness. And this is what really speaks to me, just an awareness of 
the fact that you cannot do this on your own. No. If you're going to have like true, quote, success in life, it has to be by way of surrender for, to God and what he has for you. And you notice in the very beginning, she talked about the choice that she had to make. She didn't say, well, I felt like it was time to surrender. I felt this or that. Yeah. She literally made a choice. And I, Do that the speaks, hard thing. That speaks loudly Surrendering to us. is the hard yeah. thing sometimes, you yeah. know? Letting go. Yeah. Letting God. Letting go. Well, we are going to let you go here on Your Biggest Breakthrough Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You, We appreciate you and uh, value you uh, and, and your support and just listening. And we want to send you off on your merry way with Skinny Road. Enjoy. Question why, wondering what is right. Huh.